Hello, I'm Ramey. And I'm Beth. This is Brother Knows Quest, the podcast where I, your host, introduce my sister to the wonderful world of tabletop role-playing games. Beth, do you know what we're talking about today? (laughs) Is it the Appalachian Gods? Old Gods of Appalachia. Yes, I'm very excited about this. I backed it on Kickstarter, and it isn't a normal Monty Cook thing. It's one of the few that have all the rules in the same book. So you can buy this book without having to buy the Cypher System Core rulebook. That's always good. Yeah. It's based on a podcast by the same name, Old Gods of Appalachia. It's a horror anthology podcast. They have a warning in the book. It says, as such, it is full of things that might disturb your dreams, follow your footsteps, and haunt your waking hours. And then it also warns you about using appropriate consent rules that they have in the same book. Make sure everybody's comfortable playing. Mm. It's an alternate Appalachia. Here, I'll just read this little highlighted spot. The Old Gods of Appalachian role-playing game is set in an alternate Appalachia, a place filled with creatures of the green, the inner dark, and things even more ancient. It's kind of like 1900s. Some of the stories are a little bit older. The first seasons have got a little girl in it, Daughter Dooley, 17, something others when she was born. And as Appalachian residents, I really like this, and I think you will too. I've told you a little bit about it here and there. Now, I should say, where I backed it on Kickstarter, it is out for us, the backers. We got the PDFs. And Amazon says that it will be out in September sometime. So we'll add the affiliate link if you want to get it. I'll also add the link to Monty Cook Games pre-order. You can choose whichever one. If you choose the Amazon one, it'd be about the same price, but we'll get a little kickback out of that. It won't change the price for you, but it will help us a little bit. It also tells you that you should put aside your existing stereotypes and explore the land, culture, and heritage and people of Appalachia. I do every day. We do. Uh, Appalachia is known for uh, its abundant natural beauty, but it also has a history that runs of blood. I'm sure you're aware of that yourself. It began with the Shawnee, Cherokee, Iroquois. Then about the 1700s, the Europeans arrived and all that changed for them, um, unfortunately. European immigrants pushed, clawed, climbed, and massacred their way from the Atlantic coastline to the Appalachian Mountains. In 1900s, the area is primarily populated by folks of English, Scottish, Irish, German, French, and Spanish descent who found the hills and hollers of Appalachia to be comfortably reminiscent of their ancestral homelands. The book also has a great deal of detail on the rules, of course, a lot on the setting. Bristol, Virginia, and Tennessee, it had a chance of being called paradise. A lot of these, none of these places that I can think of are named after their actual real world places. They are named after things like paradise is Bristol, which lost by one vote in the actual vote to get their name picked. So it could have been named paradise. We would have been living next to paradise instead of Bristol. Now, about some of the more RPG elements of this game, there is magic in these hills. You have the green. The green is the manifestation and magic of life, a powerful force associated with the elements. The trees? Things like that. Uh, Also, people. Things like the Witch Queen. I recommend you listen to this podcast, by the way. Old Gods of Appalachia. Just search it. It's also got a website by the same name, Old Gods of Appalachia. You will probably want to listen to this, especially if you're running the game. They also have it in here, do not be a setting lawyer. You don't want to be the person at the table that knows the most about the game and then points it out to the whoever's running the game. Oh, no, no, actually, she don't do that or, you know, stuff like that. Don't be annoying. <laughs> it's seen as a source of good power. It's just the innate magic uh, that keeps a lot of things in the Appalachian or in the world going, technically. All life is a bit of magic in it. But that doesn't show up. I mean, most people don't realize that there is magic around in this setting. It is real world, except for some of the stories you hear about living in this area just happen to be true. Who's to say they aren't? I mean, we could be one of those idiots talking like this and this stuff be real. Who knows? <laughs> the things is another thing you come across. It refers to all beings, entities, and magic connected to those who sleep beneath. 
those who sleep beneath are creatures of darkness and consumption that were originally trapped beneath the Appalachian Mountains to protect the universe from being devoured. They're the most ancient mountains around us, really. That's why they're so hilly instead of peaked like other mountains. They've eroded over time. That part is true. Inside them are creatures that have been imprisoned there and sleeping pretty much. It could be one big monster with multiple minds, or it could be multiple great eldritch horrors. Kind of like a Thuluine type thing, but more Appalachian. I think of giants. There's also the deep things. True horrors. Creatures that once slept beneath that have been sent up to work as direct agents of those who sleep beneath. You get things like the thing whose name sounds like Horned Head, but is not. He is one of these creatures under the deep things category. Something that's on Earth now. Then you have the things refer to all the beings and entities, the magic connected with those who sleep beneath. You get the low things, mindless creatures created by things like the things. Zombies. Yes, yeah, servants, haunting dogs and stuff like that. Uh, hollow men, pretty much zombies, yes. And then there's the middle things, created by things also, but are more powerful servants instead of servitors. Uh, they have More ta- powerful servants? Than things, yes, than low things. So... They're like the butlers. Yes. They are powerful servants instead of servitors, like I said, have autonomy and thinking minds. They work for and belong to the things, but are not of the things. There's a group of ladies called the Grey Ladies in the podcast who fall under this category. They are wicked women who are just basically spirit put into the body of willing women who uh, work for these creatures, but they have autonomy. They can do what they want, but they know if they... Don't follow the things or the dark creatures beneath that they are really in trouble. So they do it anyway. And they're evil, but they enjoy it. Mm. So you can tell like the green has a lot working against it here. There's a witch queen, a few other things that work for it. It don't have um, a mind of its own so much that I'd have picked up in the podcast that I listened to. It's more like nature itself won't do its natural thing. And it knows that if these creatures ever got out, not just Earth, but the galaxy would pretty much be in danger. So Earth itself is kind of keeping these creatures at bay with the green. Since it's Monikut Games and Cypher System, you have things like Protector, Explorer, Sage, and Speaker. Kind of like in the Numenera system, we had um, Nanos and stuff like that. It's like your character, yeah. oh, kind of like your class. Here's some samples that they gave in the book. A brash logger who walks the woods. That's a protector. Okay. Yes. You're an adjective noun who verbs. So you're a brash logger who walks the woods. A handy miner who delves in the darkness would be an explorer. A neighborly folk killer who makes high lonesome sounds is a sage. A charming preacher who serves the green is a speaker. Explorer is a, they're more physical in nature than they are magical, but they have a little bit of touch of magic in them. Mm -hmm. A sage is magically inclined from one side or the other, good or bad. You could get your power. Some people have been good people who've accidentally gotten so much contact with the darkness that they have some power from that. And speakers are just people who voices get a touch of magic to it. Either your natural born talent who can talk your way out of something, or there's a character in this series called the Railroad Man. He's like a manifestation. Doesn't work for the good or the bad. He is just a manifestation of the greed and everything of the railroads who run through the coal company kind of things. Mostly the railroads. That's why it's called the Robo Man. He isn't afraid. He'll give you the power to get what you want, and it will usually not be good. He has like catchphrases ever onward and ever forward. He ain't afraid to let people die in accidents just to get his way. <laughs> He's real proud of people who do that. Bosses who just send people nilly willy into these tunnels they're digging for the railroad and just getting killed off. You have Foka, bears a halo of fire in Numenera. It's basically the big trick you have at your command. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them in here, but 
I highlighted some of the more interesting ones, like Calls Home the Hounds. You can control some of these hounds of the darkness that I mentioned earlier. One of the lesser things, the low things. Cannot Escape the Darkness. Crafts Powerful Objects. A lot of the granny women can do stuff like that, trinkets and whatnot. And Cures What Ails You, which would be a healer, clearly. I think these are all nice Appalachian themes to them. Uh, Delves in the Darkness, a miner. Fears No Haints. <laughs> Nose Jack, which is another one of those creatures that is not technically associated with anything. Uh, yeah. yeah. He is um, kind of like all the folklore you hear about Jack. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, and Jack and the Beanstalk. All that. He is that person, and he is older than the mountains that contain these monsters. He's been around since before then. He loves making deals and running around, and he's kind of harmless, but he will cheat you out of something if he gets a chance, but he's a man of his word. You just have to be careful what, he, what you say. He's like a fairy. <laughs> you have to be careful what he says because you get tricked out of something. Makes a high, lonesome sound is another one, which bluegrass or um, perhaps some folk singer masters the swarm. You control swarms of creatures. It could be undead rats. That's a thing that popped up in the podcast. It could be other things, bees, bats, whatever you want. You pick your swarm and that's what you control. Serves the green. Do I need to explain that one? No. Okay. Shoot sharp and straight. Do I have to explain that one? No, I'm pretty sure that there is a um, Suicide Squad movie about that. Yes. Uh, speaks in tongues. Something we have a little bit of around here. Mm. <laughs> Those are the foci. You have character descriptors like neighborly, graceful, uppity, tongue-tied, skittish, loyal, lucky. Those will give you a lot of extra parts to your character. Uh, beholden, somebody you owe somebody some. I like neighborly and I'm neighborly. Uppity. I'm at my neighbor's right now. Yes, me. But I also like uppity. When's the last time you heard uppity outside of Appalachia, Beth? Outside of Appalachia? Yes, real uppity sort. It's usually somebody <gasps> portraying an Appalachian I... character. Well, no, she used the term snob. Yeah. I was going to say I was watching Roseanne, and I feel like I've heard that on Roseanne. Well, But skid- that was a long time ago. I have heard skittish other places, and neighborly, and tongue-tied. But there's a few of them here that I've only heard occasionally, and it's around here, I do believe. I'm probably completely wrong. Now, let me explain some of this. Like, a speaker. You got a magic tongue. You're good with words. <laughs> Uh, and you're good at people. You could be an actress, a company man, foreman, lawyer, mayor, musician, pastor, uh, politician, I was going to say politician. Preacher, salesperson, storyteller, teacher, or union boss. Uh, things like that would cover a speaker. And then we have the sage, healer. You understand magic. You don't just understand it. You can breathe it. It's just part of you. Born of the gift, hard work, labor of study could have led it to it. You can identify as things like this, like uh, doctor, folk healer, granny, granny witch, healer, layperson. What's a layperson? A midwife. I know what that is. A nurse, a remedy man, root doctor, a seer, spell catcher, a student, witch, yarb doctor. What's a yard doctor? What's a yarb doctor? I, I or think a like a company doctor, like somebody who works. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Not a clue. And then you have the protector. Uh, you know what? You know your way around a weapon, and are good at keeping yourself and others safe from harm. Kind of says it. What is it? Is in the name. Identity suggestions are bodyguard, butcher, engineer, guard, logger, prison guard, railroad worker, sheriff, shepherd, or veteran. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it is. But at least we know what all those are. Yeah. The explorer. I done said it's mostly physical, but you do have a little knowledge about magic if you want to. Yeah, it can be a 
a caver book woman um a, a caver yeah is a, that someone that just goes into caves or i'm guessing so i feel uh, like there's another word for that a miner well let's see hold on mm-hmm. you have a boomer firefighter frontiersman hunter librarian miner there's miner so caver something else mountain ranger mountaineer publisher I mean, publisher reporter scientist seeker teacher traveler wanderer woodsman and writer a lot of these some of these i'm surprised because i have no idea what they are looks um, like i'd have heard of them by now when i the, the caver thing spelunking is that that could be a spelunker it, maybe spelunk- it is caver <laughs> caver i don't know but you also have scientists but that there's a difference between that person what they do and what a miner does yes it is yeah. one's for enjoyment and one's for work i guess you can do both. I, I enjoyed caves i enjoy caves a little bit worried about the rabies carrying uh, i'm not too worried about it if yeah. i'm meant to go from a rabid cricket then that's yeah. not how i'm gonna go know, right <laughs> squish the cricket and take it to the um hospitals they could test its brain for rabies <laughs> i don't know if it's even possible for a cricket you just have to take a chance and get your shots let me name some of the locations over here you have like i said paradise around the bristol virginia and bristol tennessee line which is bristol so paradise bristol and virginia hot kiss kent uh, south fork roanoke that place has stayed the same I guess it'd be kind of weird if it didn't. Mineral City, which I, I can't place it on the map exactly, but I begin to wonder if it isn't Saltville. I was going to say Saltville. I think it's Saltville. Um, yeah, that's the only mineral place I can think of around here. Uh-huh. Now, it does cover North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Virginia, West Virginia, on up into Maryland and Pennsylvania. So, you know, Appalachia is a large place. It's just sections of those states that are considered Appalachia. And they have a little map in here to show you. And Saltville did have something big under them. Yes. Entire swamps of salt that they wanted to drain out. Now the whole town's caving in, unfortunately. Uh, I meant the mammoth. Oh, they did have a mammoth there. I thought you were talking about literally the salt well, that lakes too. under the city, under the place. is the salt capital of the Confederacy, for anyone who doesn't know that. And now it's a bunch of sinkholes. And a nice town. but yeah. And a big mammoth. They found some mammoths in the swamps that were not so underground. They have a nice little museum. If you ever want to visit, go visit. Nice museum. Places like Wise, Virginia, if you've ever heard of that. You could look at this map and then kind of place those places and and know what the name translates to in real life. There's a nice one in Virginia called Boggs Holler, right below Roanoke West, I guess. Boggs Holler comes up a lot in the podcast is the reason I mention it. But I haven't really explained it well, Beth, but would you play this? I think you would. Oh, yeah, just simply because I'm from around here and... And it's another podcast you can listen to. Yeah. I recommend it. I really do. I used to go out in the middle of the night during the pandemic because where we live, we're in the middle of nowhere and you can go out and there's nobody there. So we would just, I would just go out, put the top down on my little Suzuki sidekick and ride around in the middle of the night on these back dirt roads and listen to this podcast and see if I could frighten myself. And I did. <laughs> I managed to frighten myself <laughs> going down by the river. Little dirt road, nobody around, trees overhead. It's just, it gets eerie because it is an eerie story or so. And the book also has some, like two small adventures and they are the most recent stories out of the whole series. They have worked really closely with the people in the podcast. From what I've read, it's very close to the staying true to the podcast. Well, that's good. Yeah. You gave it an approval. We'll try to play this sometime with Dakota. Well, I guess that's all. It's going to be a short episode, but we'll come back to this because I like it so much. I'll read some more into it and then we'll try to play it. We'll release an episode of that. We might even make it a YouTube video. Who knows? 
Beth and I have another podcast called Horrific History and Hauntings. Beth, do you want to tell us about that? It's exactly as the title says. It's about horrific events that happen throughout history that you might not find in a school book. And we'll throw in hauntings as well and some true crime, disturbing things. Yeah, we cover stuff like that. I also have another podcast I do with my friend Dakota. It's a podcast called Leveling Duo. It's where me and him discuss the games that made us into what we are today, video games mostly. I'll put a link in the description to a website that takes you to all of our podcasts. We use a podcast network to put them all together. It's called a Gruesome Gaming Group. We also have a Twitter if you want to contact us. It's Gruesome Gaming G. Tweet at us or tell us we got something real wrong because I'm not an expert on a lot of things. And we'll put the affiliate link to Amazon and the not affiliated link to the book if you want to get it from monica games and unlike the most like i said you will not have to buy the core rule book all the rules are in this one book for the game anyway i've been Ramy, and i'm beth thank you for listening to brother nurse quest bye-bye